Blog Talk Radio. to another edition of the Shooting Range. I am your host, Jay Miller. And do we have a show for you this week? Because apparently there's a little bit of controversy last weekend um, after some stuff that happened. And I believe on the phone right now, I have James Dean. James, you there? Last time I checked, I'm here, buddy. What's going on, man? Well, let's, it's it's been it's been an interesting week, to say the least. And, uh, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, man. You know what? I, yeah, God. I, you know, we had originally talked about me coming back on here just to come on here and bullshit for an hour and a half, and that's fine. But then, you know, this isn't even coming from, from, from James Dean. This is coming from, from James, the guy behind James Dean. You know, this, this whole situation turned into a giant clusterfuck, and it didn't need to be. And it's 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 ridiculous. It really is. But by all means, you were the 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 heart of all of this because you're the one that got the messages and the calls and whatnot. And I was just a guy trying to you know do some business and and make some waves. So by all means, um, but tell what you know, bro. Let's uh, well let's start from the beginning. Uh, you know, a few weeks ago we had you on the show. Uh, we set up the match with you and Carter Robinson for May sixth. Um, and. And and we plugged heavily, very heavily. Let, let me start off by saying that we definitely, uh, for the last few weeks, we plugged heavily the UXWA show. I uh, was coming up last Saturday. Um, we gave them a bunch of free advertisement. We we did a bunch of stuff uh, for them, advertising wise, getting you know the show awareness. Um, it, on, and, wait, 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 uh, hold on. Pause. Pause for one second. Correct me if I'm wrong. This is my understanding on this whole UXWA thing. Um, they are, in fact, an affiliate of the AIWF, of which you are currently on the board of champions, correct? That would be correct. Uh, we are both affiliates of the uh, AIWF, which apparently don't mean anything either. Um, but, and, and then you that you know you said on the podcast you were going to go down there to see you know watch josh's match or carter robinson's match uh all that you know we hyped it up there uh, you did videos on the way there putting over uxwa putting the name out there you know um and, and you use you know you you weren't paid for this you used your own money to go down there uh you know 
and everything else. And, you know, you, you was not obligated to do this at all. This is something you did, uh, A, because you love the business, and B, because you really, um, you know, want to get this, this May 6 match over. Um, right. And, you know, here's, so, here's the thing. <laughs> you you can ask anybody that lives in in northwestern Pennsylvania that goes to the Fairmountains of Insanity shows August. I will do anything for this business. I'm the guy that has rolled around in horseshit for this business. Um, and, and promoting the deal on May 6th is a huge deal for me because, you know, it, it's the first time that Josh and I get to do something together like this uh, with a platform. Um, and I've taken the last year and I've done a lot of things create creatively that, you know, gives me a chance to show my own creativity. And the whole thing last weekend with me going out there, doing the pictures and the, and the promo videos, you know, and the live feeds and all that, that was just me being creative to create a buzz, to build, uh, to build off of the platform. And it, it's wor- it worked. It worked. It worked so well that between the three videos, the two at the show, the, the, the one that I did uh, while Josh's match was going on, and the two feeds that we did in the locker room, post-match, not in front of any fans, like two workers were there, um, all that stuff has generated almost 100,000 hits in a week. And that's not just in this area. That's nationwide. That's Mexico, Canada. I've got hits in Japan. I've got hits in the UK. So it's a it's a wide, broad promotion that spreads the brand because UXWA was tagged in the posts. Carter Robinson was tagged in the post. James Dean was tagged in the post. UWL and Jay Miller tag, tagged in the post. From the IWF was tagged in the posts. So this is something that should generate interest for everybody. But apparently somebody had their panties in a bunch, and it, and then they hit you with this long, ridiculous message, which you know more about than I do. And, and, and actually, the controversy kind of started out even before Saturday, even before the show Saturday. I don't know if I talked to you about this, um, you know, so, you know, we're, we were both supposed to be there that Saturday uh, because of some issues. I wasn't able to make it, um, you know, but my plan was to be there. I actually got a, ma- a message from the promoter of UXWA about three days before the show. Well, I, no, I take that back. I get a message from a classic about three days before the show talking about uh, uh, Jeff wants to know why you're coming to his show. And I and, and at first I was lost because I didn't know what he was talking about or who he was talking about, um, you know. And then he said, "Well, UXWA he wants to know why you're coming to a show." I said, "Well, you know, I'm going there a to support Josh because he is my champion, and besides that, you know, Josh is a good friend of mine." I was like, "And B, uh, you know, James Dean's going to be there as well, uh, which is another one of my top guys. Uh, you know, we're going to do some things." Uh, backstage for UWL, so I then I I took the measure. I actually found Jeff uh, on Facebook and I messaged him and I said, "Hey, uh, is there some heat I don't know about? Uh, because you know I heard you're worried about you know me coming to your show." He said, "Well, 
I heard that you said I'm nothing but a fat mark that don't need to be in the ring, this, that, and the other, which my first thought was, well, if you heard I said this stuff about you, why didn't you call me, message me, whatever, I'm not that hard to find, and, and ask me if I said these things instead of just saying, oh, you know, this, he must, this must be true, why is he coming to my show? He thought I was going to try to sabotage a show or try to create a disturbance, whatever, whatever. I wasn't planning on handing out flyers. I wasn't planning on doing anything to his show other than watching the show and taking care of what business we had to take care of. Um, So I explained everything to him, coming there, you know, to support Josh, yada, 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 all this, that, and the other. He said, okay, no problem, you know, whatever. Saturday, I couldn't make it. You made it. You guys did stuff backstage not in front of any of the uxwa fans nothing was nope. done in the middle of their show nothing was done in front of any of their fans nothing was done in any way to compromise their show uh come i don't i want to say it was monday i get a message from jeff saying hey was you at the show i didn't even see you you know you didn't come up and introduce yourself did you come in through the front door i was like oh well, wasn't able to make it. I had, you know, personal things I had to take care of, so on and so on. So then he started going off on me about, well, I heard some stuff from your promotion was, uh, you know, done at my show, and I felt disrespected, this and the other, which confused me all the way. And, you know, and if he's listening or anyone's listening from UXWA, feel free to call in at 914. 914- Two zero five five three three two, and give your opinion on the, uh, you know, on what happened. Because you know, if someone has a different side to this story, by all means, go ahead and call in and, and give your side of the story. Um, but I mean, he pretty much went off on me, talking. About I disrespected him. I disrespected his promotion. I disrespected this business. We, you know, I was real nice about it. Then he started going off, you know, and I told him, you know, well, I wasn't there. James Dean was there. Him and Josh did some stuff backstage. He's like, well, no one got my permission. No one came and talked to me about it. This was all done behind my back. I should know what's going on in my promotion, which I had, which I told him I have no clue what happened. I don't know who talked. To him. I don't know what happened. And then he said, well, I bet he didn't even buy a ticket, this and the other. I don't know what happened. I kept telling him, just, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. I wasn't there. All I know is I got the, the live feed sent to me. I used them for the May 6th buildup. That's that. You know, and right. I t- told him, you know, being that I wasn't there, uh, you know, you can. Right. I, uh, I, I told him, you know, I wasn't there. I don't know. These are questions for you to ask Josh and for you to ask James. Uh, both of them have more insight into this than I would. You know, of course, he still kept going off on me, all that. So at that point, I kind of went off on him and told him, you know, I don't know what your problem is. So on, so on. Used a little bit of colorful language. Told him, you know, we promoted your show for three weeks straight. We gave you free advertisement. James gave you free advertisement meant to come on the show, you know, by coming on the podcast, by doing these videos, all this advertisement, you got it. Now you're coming and, you know, you're, you're getting on me over then something backstage, not in front of any of the fans, something done completely, you know, away from the eye of the public. Um, you know, and I was like, if you want, I will go on my podcast. And I will apologize, you know, and I will apologize for giving you guys free advertisement. I'm, I'm sure James will come on and apologize you know, for, for wasting his time by coming to your show. I was like, and I'm sure, you know, Josh can say what he has to say, you know, 
because Josh has been working for UXWA pretty much from day one. Uh, Josh has been one of yep. the most loyal and dedicated people. And that's one thing about Josh is no matter where he's where he works, he you can count him to be one of the most loyal and the one of the most dedicated people on, on any show that you run. He'll be one of the first ones there. He'll be one of the last ones to leave. You know, my show in November, you know, everyone left. Josh was still there helping take down the ring. You know, because that's that's who Josh is. Josh pay. You know, Josh has been doing this 15 years, but Josh still uh, feels like he's paying dues. Um, you You're know, always so. going to pay dues. You know, exactly. And here's, and here's the thing. Here's the thing with this. Okay, I got there. Uh, I pulled up. Um, I almost didn't. I almost didn't find the place because it was. You know, it it sits back in there a little bit. Uh, I, I pull up to the place. You know, I park. Um, the first person I saw was, was, uh, Corey Merriweather. And I was like, holy shit. And I said, what's up to him? And then I saw Traxler sitting there and that was like a fucking family reunion because I love Jeff to death. I haven't seen him in forever. And, you know, I was like, Hey, where's, where's Kano? Where are the guys at? Uh, you know, and everybody's like, no, he's, they're upstairs. So I go upstairs and, um, I saw a couple of guys walking through and just stopped to introduce myself to the guys I didn't know. Um, saw potato, saw potato, saw thorn, you know, uh, you know, reintroduced myself to thorn, um, walked through and, uh, Josh was standing over there talking to Jeff and the other guy that, that run, run the place. And he was like, Hey, you know, uh, this is, this is James, you know, this is the guy I was telling you about where, you know, we're going to do that, that promo backstage. And, and they were like, yeah, 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 no, it's cool. You know, the one dude shook my hand and we talked for a hot second. The other guy, he just kind of like, he was like, yeah, whatever. Shook my hand and walked off. I, don't, I couldn't tell you which one was which because I was just worried about, you know, the stuff that we were trying to do, get it over and, and get out of there. Because let's be fair, it was my birthday, all right? And I, I, I took the time on my birthday to, to go to Cleveland to do some wrestling stuff because it's what I love to do. And, you know, we were standing there, everybody was talking about it. And they're like, yeah, no, no, it's cool. You guys do what you got to do, you know, we're like, nothing's going to get done outside. You know, nobody's going to see anything. This is all going to be for, you know, book only Facebook and social media only, you know, and that's, and that's it. And I, I, you know, we handled that and I was like, Hey, look, dude, I just drove, you know, two and a half hours. I didn't stop. I'm hungry. I'm going to go get something to eat. And I left, I left and went and got something to eat, came back and, you know, everybody was, you know, getting ready. The show was, show hadn't started yet. And I, you know, I walked in, I sat down and watched the first couple of matches, you know, got to see Bouncer and, 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 uh, Kurt Fury tagged together for the first time that I've seen forever. And that was fun and nostalgic for me because that comes full circle to the shamrock. All right. You know, so that was great. Um, <clears throat> got to see a couple of other matches and then Josh's match happened and Josh was in this four way with Eric Ryan and two dudes, I couldn't even tell you the other two guys' names. I know Eric Ryan because I fucking think he's awesome. Dude's, like, over everywhere he goes, and he can work his ass off. Uh, the other two guys, I was just, like, scratching my head, like, why is this happening? But what do I know? I'm not running the book. I don't care. It's not my problem. Uh, I did my, my picture. I took the picture of Josh laying on his ass, and I was like, ha-ha, you, you're impressing me. Ha-ha, not, you know, or some shit like that. And And... Josh potted out, you know, at the end of the match. Uh, I waited because uh, I thought they were going to do an intermission, but apparently the show was running an hour late for whatever reason, so they didn't do an intermission. But went back, went downstairs, you know, they were doing their stuff, you know, 
going over what was wrong, good, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Uh, waited, 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 you know, just sat around bullshit. It was probably another 45 minutes. And then Josh was like, all right, we're doing this. I was like, all right, let's do this. And we went and we did it. And we were off to the races at that point. And the, just the, the initial immediate feedback from it, like online was insane. And I was like, holy shit, because no shit. By the time that we finished shooting that, he got his stuff changed, you know, went, said goodbye to everybody. We both did. Um, by the time we got over to the spot where we were supposed to eat, the video had already hit, like, 3,500 views. And that was within an hour and a half. I was like, holy fuck. So let's see what happens by the time I get back home. I got home, and I went to bed. I woke up the next morning, and it was at, like, 15,000 views. And I was like, holy shit. This is fantastic. And then, you know, I, you know, we did the spots where, you know, I, I hijacked his Twitter and putting over everything from both companies. And it was the end of it for me. You know, I was like, all right, cool. That was fun. Let's, let's see what we can do next weekend. We originally had plans to do something this weekend, but things didn't work out that way because it's my, my custody agreement with my ex and da, 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 whatever. And so I didn't get to do anything this weekend, but next weekend, it's fucking the gloves are off and we're going to get off to the races again. We'll see what happens. I mean, it's all about building the brand, not just one brand, but all brands. And if, you know, this UXWA is an affiliate of AIWF, just as you are, well, what would be the point in building one brand and not all of the brand, you know, because under one banner, you know, it's simple. We bust our asses and we do this right. Everybody benefits from it. That's hard to hear. And Josh and Josh is on the line. Hello, as well. uh, Josh joined us as well. There he is. Yo 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 yo. What's up? What's up? What's up? I was trying to get some headphones in here because it's hard to hear sometimes. When you pop a couple eardrums, it's hard to. <laughs> it's, it's that old. It's that old age catching up to you. It's no, dude, let's not go there. It's old age. It's old age. It's pop eardrums. It's Penrose Diner. It's a whole bunch of things. <laughs> so and then, and, so jo- and Josh, of course, is the third man in this uh, whole scandal. I think it's. I think it's funny that both of you guys know more than I do. I got the. I got the shit in stories from both of you fuckers, and I'm like, wait, what? So now I'm a heat-seeking missile because of you two fuckers. I'm guilty by association. Thanks, you bastards. Uh, you you, you should have known that. You should have known that coming in. Yeah, I know. I should have podcast anyway. Right now, curtains down for a quick second, at least for a hot second. Uh, right. Putting the stories on hold for a hot second, just to try to get uh, some clarity. Just on the, for me, th- this is clarity for just shits and gigs and just my viewpoint where where wrestling should be or where wrestling's going or whatever man like i i, like I said the, the character carter we are gonna put him in the back pocket for right now character james being he's always put in, in the, the pocket, pocket for right now he's always in the back pocket too. uh unfortunately for jay miller he can never put his character in the back pocket it's <laughs> <laughs> Jay is Jay is uh, he's a throwback. He lives in the fucking gimmick. I mean, one hundred percent. He is he is who he is. You can't fucking stop it. So, so uh, let's just say I mean, that. So first, let's just, just point out that the back pocket is how Josh is currently the UWL champion as well. Oh, <laughs> you asshole! <laughs> uh, what a jerk. Uh, no, but uh, 
for for uh, all intents and purposes, man, like 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 what you guys are saying, we were trying to get this gimmick over, uh, promote all brands, which is which is where the business is headed right now. I mean, like it's it's no longer hey, I can send a resume in and get a booking. You know what I'm saying, like. You gotta have some kind of brand quality that they can see and go, Oh, hey, this is Mark. So this is this is what we were working on as a unit. Uh assuming myself, uh both Jay uh, James Keen and, and myself. Just uh some other guy that hasn't even been introduced to the storyline yet. Uh, Josh, why why do you sound like you're underwater, bro? Alright, this is a nice Hold on a second. You need to learn in, how to hold the phone. There, there you go. <laughs> All right. Can you guys hear me? Yay. Yeah. Uh, he got out of the wind tunnel. Is this a little better at all? Yeah. 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 It's actually a lot better. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. I mean, we got this storyline going. Nope. You're, bur- you're burnt. Again, Josh, you're, you're fucking up, dude. I'm back now. Are you Are you it's, sure? It's, yeah, I'm I'm in here. It's good. <laughs> this is why he gets heat everywhere. Right. Yeah. Nobody can understand a fucking word he's saying. It's the headphones. I can't I can't deal with it. Uh, but anyway, like I said, we're trying to get the storyline off the ground. We're trying to build a brand here. Like I said, we got the we got this affiliate AIWF. Which is kind of a platform to get some things going, and uh, I don't know, man. It, it's just really weird that now in, in wrestling, it, it, it's I'm gonna just call it spade a spade. Most of these wrestling companies are being ran by marks, and it, it completely boggles my mind. Like, how did the business turn that way? Because I remember when I broke in, uh, in in late late '90s, early early 2000s. I mean, it was still a little bit of a kayfabe to the to the locker room, where a promoter was a promoter, a wrestler was a wrestler, a booker was a booker. Um, now you got um, a fan who no longer uh, can cut the cut the mustard as a as a gimmick or, um, or or whatever the case may be, and then and then he branches off and makes his own rogue promotion and instead rogue promotion. Uh, he goes and books all his favorite wrestlers uh, as a money grab kind of thing because I mean it, it, it doesn't really matter. Like, you know this more than it. Like I'm kind of preaching to the choir at this point. If they're paying, we're going. <laughs> you know, like regardless of who, like, who this person is, we're pay- they're paying, we're going. But then if this mark, this money mark, or this this whoever can sustain this, then actually know he turn you turn around and they have a successful wrestling promotion. Yet it doesn't make sense. And the only reason it's successful is because they have the people there that you know are already established, and or they're paying money to just pretty much pack the house in. Like, hey, you won't see this star anywhere else but here because we're the only person in the area that can bring them in because we're the only person in the area that has the money. So instead of the fan doing what we used to do and travel to go see our favorite wrestlers, uh, now you can just wait till said Booker brings in the star or whoever it is and and then you can see him that way and, and it's like falsely building your pro, your product but again this is this is where the business has gone and it's like I said it's confusing for me 
because I was I was brought in in that in between point where it was like you you still got booked off for your work rate, you still got booked off for your work. Now it's like, hey, how many toilet followers you got? All right, you can you can get a match in. Like, what kind of shit is that? <laughs> right. And it, the Twitter followers in the buddy system, that's what it is, you know, and it's. Oh, my, my favorite, my, my favorite thing is, is the promoters that tell a guy, oh, you want to wrestle on the show? Yeah, well, um, I'm going to need you to sell 10 tickets. Well, I mean, I mean I don't, there's, a, there's a give and take to this one, to this one. That one, I, I yeah, like that. I see where you're coming from, from it, because. Ah, basically what that promoter is then asking you to do is go do his job and promote the show by selling the tickets. Well, not, uh, not like my, my big thing is, my big thing is if you're a shitty worker, a promoter will use you just for the fact that you got 10 family members you can sell tickets to. And then that's my, well, my whole thing on that. Yeah. And that's the other side too. Like I said, that's a double-sided coin right there. Cause one side of it is like, yo, go promote, the, the brand, go promote the, the company, go promote the show, and by doing that, sell tickets. Uh, but the other half of it is, like you said, you got garbage worker number three, uh, but he has 45 family members that are gigantic wrestling fans, and he sells 45 tickets. Therefore, now he takes up a, a spot on the on the card. Where no, he's he's going to fucking, get the fucking belt because he sold 45 tickets. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> And, 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 you know, and you can have a legitimate wrestler in that slot that could actually bring in said 45 fans regardless. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's they still you will still have those fans in the door because this guy is talented enough to keep the butts in seats. So as a promoter, you get the fans to show up. My job as a performer is to get them to stay. And, and then back by word of mouth, they bring yeah they bring more you know right. they'll bring in more people. Uh, they're like yo you got to see this guy or hey I had fun at this show this dude was amazing like and, and in turn that's how you build your product. But again like I said in in the microwave age that we live in, if it ain't an instant instant thing then it's it's garbage. Right, you know, and that's the thing too like. Social media as a whole is a blessing and a curse because we live we live in the age where where wrestling has has evolved to this this spot fest and like Osprey Ricochet need I say more? Okay. I, I, I like anime wrestling is cool for some people, but like I said, I was I was watching said said two wrestlers and um, and it was like a I guess it was like a three minute clip. And in that three minute clip there was no story told. But nope. yet it had like a million views and I'm like, what are we viewing? I can right. see said said action in any movie, in any anime cartoon, you know, if any of you guys are into I I outside of wrestling I you know, that's my thing. I'm I'm a cartoon dude. But even still like just watch Power Rangers. Okay, they had a lot of action in that movie, but there was still a lot of story being told. So there's there's a give and take with that. Like, yeah, I get it. You guys are amazingly gifted athletes that can pull off some crazy stuff, but I, there still has to be some kind of story being told. 
instead of just flip, 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 and then superhero pros and crowd goes nuts. Like what? Like what are we? What are we doing out here? Do you know, we, I, do we forget the basis that this is supposed to be like a, a physical contest? Bodybuilders, you didn't know. <laughs> and like, not even like, bodybuilders you, these days. Yeah, not anymore. Yeah, not anymore. Not anymore. Yeah, like dude, it's, nobody gets body types. Really, there's no body guys in wrestling. Like, there's a few body guys in wrestling, and most of them are artificial. Uh, but again, to each his own. You gotta do what you gotta do to, to get the job. I guess I don't know, but I, I mean, I, I know my regiment, and I know Dean. I know James got his regiment. You know, what I'm saying to to try to fit the mold. Um, but then you got. Thirty or forty guys that could care less, but you know they're still they're still popping up on flyers left and right. Yeah, like I've I've been to I've been to show uh, quite a few shows in the last year and a half since really coming back full time to to this business, and I'm like I, I've I've sat in the crowd and I've sat in locker rooms and I look around and I'm just like what the fuck happened because when I you know when 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 Josh and Lamont you know brought me into this you know I. I remember the guys that, you know, I was around all the time at that point. And I'm like looking at the guys now and I'm like, you know, 10 years isn't really a long time, but it's such a drastic fucking change. It's like, what happened? You know, like, and the quality of the work rate itself has gone down. Like guys, guys are just phoning it in left and right. And that's why there's no draw. And you know, speaking of phoning it in, uh, so we'll rewind back to uh, the the whole Carter Robinson debut. Uh, so I I was oh, making a big I was making a big deal of it uh, in the sense that the character was making a big deal of his debut. Um, so leading up to that, I was asking hey, what match type is this going to be so I can advertise it or I can have a direction to go with the promos, things like that. So I was blindly throwing out these promos, blindly throwing out this advertisement, blindly just just going at it until I found out, uh, you know, via Facebook, like, oh, I'm in a four-way. So I'm like, okay, this can go one of two ways. It could go really, really good or it could go really, really bad. And that's with any... Um, any kind of match like that, a four-way, a six-man, uh, uh, four four corners tag match or whatever you want. When you put multiple bodies into a match, it can, it can either go really, really great or it can go really, really bad, just depending on who you're working with. Now, I've been in this situation before, and I've been in this situation before with some highly talented guys. Uh, what was that, two summers ago, James, we were in, we did the uh, we did that four corners tag match with Flip, uh, OI4K and and uh, Jim Dead. I think that's what it was, right? That was like the greatest. That was like the greatest fucking night ever. That was that Thursday and show. You, yeah. Was, oh like, my you god. Put four. You put you put four big tag team. Well, I mean, me and me and Jim were just getting the ball rolling on our tag team, but in that area, you put four major tag teams into a match. All of them have, you know, an, an identity that they're need they're needing to protect, but not not once did anyone in that match not be able to showcase themselves. So it was me and James debuting as a tag team. It was OI4K debuting as a tag team. 
It was Flip and Lewis being as a tag team in said promotion. And then Jen Dead was the over tag team in the promotion. So they didn't have to work as hard as they did, but they did, and they got all of us over. Uh, in this, well, we had 15 minutes, maybe less, to, do, to put this story Dude, together. That, yeah, we, yeah, we didn't have very much time at all. So, so like, most of it was all ad lib on the fly. Like, that's the way it was supposed to be. And, like, with these teams, we put we put the story together. We got it out there. It had an amazing reaction. Even though it, it was designed not to, it got over, re- regardless of how it was booked. It, it just it, We took it upon ourselves to say, hey, let's just, let's just make the best of this and get our stories across. That way we can either sell this down the line or, uh, you know, it would just be a fun time to have. So, I, need to uh, find that. Uh, I need to find that video. <laughs> with doing that, I, I went into this match, this four-way with the same um, kind of viewpoint because I was like, all right, myself, I, I got about 16 years' worth of wrestling experience. Uh, Eric Ryan came in a little bit after I did, so he's probably right around that 10- or 11-year mark. Plus, I mean, he's been doing some stuff with CCW, so he, he's been getting himself there. He's been getting more work, so I'm like, okay, we got that going on. Uh, I'm familiar with Frankie Flynn, who was in the match as well. Uh, I know he's starting to come into his own just a little bit. He's still working on getting the character 100% together, which, you know, that's a, always going to be a battle no matter how long you've been wrestling. You know, sometimes it works here, sometimes it doesn't work there. And then um, the other kid, I had no clue who he was, like zero clue at all, never heard of him, uh, none of that. So when, when I heard it, I was like, okay, who who is this guy? I tried to do some research on him, and I found out he was a trainee. I was like, okay, it's it's a little odd to throw a trainee into a match so soon, uh, especially with that. But I was like, maybe they're trying to protect him a little bit. So I was like, okay, this is cool. We'll figure it out. Uh, from my understanding, I was the added to that match is, is how it, how the match went down. Because uh, it... As we were, you know, going over what was what was to be, what happened out there. Almost every spot was called before I even interjected myself, and it was like, wow! So I was just an add-in to this event. Even after I did all the work, like we we've done all this work, we advertised it. I advertised on the on. You know, on my social media, I advertise it here on the podcast. I've advertised it all over the place. But to get to the the actual event and not know that these other three guys were already scheduled to be in a three-way, and then I was tossed in last minute, you know, I'm looking at the promoter as, hey, what, what the hell? You know what I'm saying? Uh, but when you have a promoter that's halfway in the parking lot and, and halfway in the door, and you have another promoter who's who's pretty much just clueless about the business, and then you have someone who's doing your booking that has no care in the world about what your company does. There, he's just there just to collect whatever he's collecting from said agreement. This is what happens. And you get you, you get a hodgepodge of stuff going on. So I made the best of the matches I possibly could. Like I said, I protected myself as best I possibly could. Uh, in that match, and I just focused in on the promo afterward. 
And then that that's where the focal point went to. So they had to focus on saving what the character's debut was supposed to have been. Um, so uh, again, I, this is this is something I wanted to bring up on the podcast today too. Is if I'm a promoter or I'm a booker and I bring in outside help, I'm not going to let outside help run my show. So if I'm borrowing your room and I'm paying you for said ring and I ask you your opinion or say, hey, can I use some of your guys on, on my show, you're not going to turn around and then tell me or, or, or just completely put my show together for me. And and that's what I ran into this this I say these last two shows with with this company. Uh, it, it was pretty much like, hey, this guy's going to take over all of our matchmaking, and we're just going to pay him for it. And, so and how does that make you? Oh. It, it's like you throw storylines out the window. You know what I'm saying? Like whatever your company was trying to build. It's just been tossed to the wayside, and now it's whatever this guy's vision for your company is. So if he's viewing your company as a second-class, second-rate product, that's exactly how he's going to treat it. But in your mind, you're looking at it like, hey, we're right up there with everyone else. We're putting out this great product because we have this great roster of talent. But when you have someone who's putting your, your shows together that thinks that you know you're second-class, then you get second-class treatment. And that's actually something else me and James talked about a few days ago. Um, in, in the same company that, that you're talking about that, that, you know, came in there and kind of took over, the same exact venue, they ran a show six days later. You know, obviously we all know their shows draw huge. They bring in a whole bunch of names, all the, all the super indie talent. And they ran same exact building six days after this show. So how much can you really be trying to help out a company when you're running their same building the very following week? You're obviously not going to take away from your company to try to build this company. And I just think that's a dumb move overall for the promoter of UXWA to be like, oh, yeah, I agree to this. This is something I want to do. Why? It it doesn't make sense. It's it's one thing to run the same venue if you're uh, doing a spotlight match. So, like, I'll, I'll rewind back to it. So, UXWA ran a show, and they advertised a AIW uh, match on their cards. So, they advertised it as an AIW match, which was which was cool because AIW was running a show, like you said, a couple of days after them. So, it was able to introduce AIW to their crowd, but vice versa, there was no, hey, on AIW card, here's a UXWA match with two guys that work at this company that run in this building. See, there was no, there was, there was a take, but there was no give. So they took the spot on on your show, but then they didn't give you a spot on their show to to showcase your talent on, on with their audience. And who, who who's to say that that you know your guys couldn't have got over with their audience and maybe won some of their fans to come watch your product. Again, there's two different products. You know, one product is is a highly, you know, highly internet indie crowd, the IWC crowd, and then another one, the other crowd is a little bit more family oriented, a little bit more low key, more more story. Like I said, it was more of a 
a storytelling place than it was to get these crazy, insane athletic matches. Like everybody had their niche on the on the I, other I gotta, card. But I got to chime in here for a second. Like you know, first of all, you know everything that you're saying is right. Um, when I when I got there, you know they were still you know guys were still stretching stuff in the ring, and I, I didn't really have a chance to pay much attention to who all was there, let alone, you know, the, the look of the place, you know, because I wanted to meet these two guys, you know, make sure everything was on the up and up so we could do what we had to do. Uh, when I came back from getting food, um, I remember I, you know, I popped a squat and I was like looking around and I'm like, you know, this looks awfully familiar for some reason. Didn't really click until I asked potato. I asked potato about it. And he was like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you know, all, this is all AIW stuff, and I was like, I thought it looked a little familiar, minus the entranceway, and tracks were working music. And I look over the door, and I see Big Joe sitting over there, and I was like, holy shit, because I I saw Katie and Allie, and I saw Big Joe, and I said, what's up to all of them? Because you know they're they're part of the extended wrestling family of Cleveland. You know what I mean? I can't tell you how many times Big Joe's gotten me drunk off of Four Loco for no goddamn reason at all. All right. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, doesn't Joe do the same thing at the other place? Like, it, it, feel, it felt a lot to me like AIW light. You know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't say AIW 2.0, but it was like, you know, it felt more like a farm club for AIW all of a sudden. I don't know why. Now, I'm not trying to garner heat with those guys. I don't particularly, you know, give two shits either way. Because, well, Josh and I, we, we, we went that road once before. I saw how a couple of my boys were treated, and I'm, yeah, no, that's not for me. Think if, um, if, if that's what it was supposed to be treated like, and that's, if that's what you were grooming this to be, then you have to, in turn, do that. They weren't yeah, doing they, that. No, they're not. And it's, it's one of those things like, you know, every, and I'm a firm believer. This is This is a big thing. I say this to a lot of the fucking promoters that I've worked for over the last year, um, Phil Fleck, Bill Sherry being the two most prominent, you need to have your own identity, especially running in an area that is so oversaturated with wrestling promotions as it already is. Pittsburgh and Cleveland are two of the most oversaturated fucking areas there is. Oh, definitely. Without a doubt. And, and, And here's the thing. Here's the thing. When you look at those two areas, IWC has its own identity. AIW has its own identity. Fucking Derek's mark ass has his own identity. Okay? Um, Mega, they have their own identity. Apparently, apparently, fucking David Tower is going to have, have, have his own identity too now. I don't oh, know he's had his own identity. He's, he's okay. had his own identity. Here's the thing with David I'll, I'll give I'm going to give this kid the benefit of the doubt because I've known him since he was maybe 12 years old, okay? Right. Although David may be very immature for his age, he's been through a lot in his life where he has mentally reset himself to being an adult. And it's hard, and that's not my story to tell, but just knowing what his kid has gone through and where he's at today, I give him a lot of fucking credit for what he's been doing. Now, being on the ground floor of his MAW promotion and how he started and just giving him the little tips and things like that to try to help him build his brand a little better, uh, he's been working at this for years, okay? 
and he's finally turned Listen. the corner. I can I can see he's st- he's finally starting to take the advice that I gave him years ago, and and like I said, just turning that corner and being his own brand because he's offering something very unique. Now I'm not. He, I mean, some some people want to say he's going in direct competition with Mega. I, I kind of find it that he's not because he's giving a completely different brand of wrestling, a completely different style of wrestling to that area that's not... Well, so here's the thing. Like I said, here's the thing. Mega, this is this is one of the things I love about Traxler and, and, and Brandon X and those guys. They build their own stars. They don't need to run a show and pack a venue with a whole shitload of names. They don't do it. They don't oh, need to do it. Case, case they don't. Was yesterday? Yesterday. They yesterday. Had, this was the first time I... The first time... And I want to say over a couple of years, I've seen any kind of name on their show. And again, I can't really say that Shane Taylor's the name on the show just because he was, like you said, he was a homegrown star there. Right. So he was a and, star and there before they brought him back. All those guys, you know so, all those guys room together. You know, those guys all you know room and board together for forever, and they made it work. And Shane Taylor was a mega was a mega fixture for a while. And yeah, right. you know, so he like I, can't, and moved to I can't say that he was a name. So, he wasn't a name to draw in people. He was just, hey, guess who's coming home? Shane Taylor. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, so again, right. uh, Meg, like I said, Meg is one of those organic companies that is doing right by professional wrestling. I, and I won't call him an indie company. I will never call Mega another independent because, granted, they're not a contracted company, but they are a pro wrestling entity in, in the state of Ohio. That's a pro right. wrestling company. That's not an independent wrestling. That is a pro wrestling company. So there's a diff- There's another thing I would like to touch base on. There's a difference between indie wrestling and pro wrestling. Okay. That's a pro wrestling company. I support pro wrestling. I'll defend pro wrestling. I will never defend indie wrestling. I will never support indie wrestling. So if you consider yourself an indie brand of wrestling, you, you got it backwards. You need to reevaluate. You need to refocus and, and turn yourselves into a pro wrestling company. Right. You know, and, and that comes with, you know, promotion. That comes with identity, you know, and, and there's so many other things that so many places are missing. Um. I haven't been there. I was going to go this weekend to check it out, but but Bouncer's Company down in, in Youngstown, I've been wanting to go check them out because that's, you know, for me, that's, you know, original, homegrown, you know, I, I cut my teeth with those guys. So I want to go see what they're about. I mean, but, again, um, another 100% organic company. They're using local guys right. to pack their venues. And, and then, like I said, I'm looking at – I'm looking at their draw, you know, and they're drawing big numbers. Mega's drawing big numbers. Um, Maximum Saw Wrestling, Lucha Libre is drawing some big numbers, and they're they're using their own guys. They didn't they didn't have to go out they didn't have to go out and and find all the internet wrestlers to bring them in to build a brand. They build a brand organically on their own. Now, given the proper platforms, these companies will. And in turn, launch themselves into bigger, you know, into bigger things. Um, so uh, again, the, to talk about promotion that's on the rise, uh, just to tap into the Carter Robinson character for just a quick second, dropping a little bit of a little news on the podcast. Uh, as I mentioned on my my Facebook feed, which is Carter Robinson uh, on Facebook, go ahead and follow that. 
the big announcement that I alluded to earlier on my Instagram, my Facebook page, is I had an announcement to make. Uh, I will no longer be working with you, the XWA, and that uh, that relationship has now been severed. Uh, no ill will, no heath, no none of that. It's just that my brand has outgrown its time there. Uh, I don't feel that the brand would is a proper fit there. I think the brand would be misused there. And again, not not a heat, not anything like that. I'm just looking out for Carter Robinson, as I always do. With that being said, I will then now be joining my commission brothers, my brothers in arms, the other half of the Black Wrestlers Matter movement, which is Jackson Cade, Lex Vegas. We're throwing out the old. We're moving into the new. So, come May 15th, NEW Wrestling in Parma Heights, Ohio, the debut of who is Carter Robinson. That's right. You will see it there live. More details will come in the coming weeks. But I did want to drop that on the podcast one time. Okay, character's off. <laughs> you fucking mark. You're such a mark for yourself. <laughs> well, well, wait. We actually have a caller calling in. Uh, let's... Let's take this call here right quick. Caller, you are on the air. Hey, uh, what's up, guys? Um, I, I I just wanted to know your feelings on uh, where Roman Reigns stands um, today. Uh, I'm sorry, on the, on the what now? Roman Reigns. Oh, on Roman Reigns. My stands on Roman Reigns. Oh, uh, here you go, Mr. Extra context. Talent and Extra Talent. Knock yourself out. <laughs> Yeah, Josh is trying to get a Josh is trying to get a contract. So let's see what he says here. And what? No, no. In what context though? Like, like you say, what's the state of Roman Reigns? Like, Roman Reigns is a developing character on a nationally, worldwide television uh, audience. You know what I'm saying? So, um, are you asking? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of get like to, to the meat and potatoes of what you're asking because that's a like that's a broad range of questions. <laughs> like that's. That can have a ton of different answers. Like personally, I I think Roman Reigns is great. Like he's 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 a, a third, fourth generation wrestler. I mean, he has a pedigree. Um, the character that they're putting out there now, I can see why fans don't like it. But again, it's it's a billion dollar company. They have a a, a long range view for what they're doing. So they're putting this out there, and you only see the front end of it, but they see the front, back, side, and, and like, 20, 15 months down the road, what they're doing with Roman Reigns. Like I said, we're we're going into WrestleMania, and it's Reigns versus Undertaker, and, you, like, you, you're sitting here, and you're like, man, oh, man, why, why are they doing it? You don't know. Just watch it. Just be a fan. Just just watch. <laughs> okay, that's all I can say is just watch. They have, they have an ulterior motive. They always have a direction that they're going. Sometimes we agree with it, sometimes we don't. But as a fan, just to sit back, just sit back and watch. As a fan, sit back and watch. As a fan of wrestling myself, I'm just going to sit back and watch. As a wrestler or as a performer myself, I sometimes don't understand what they're doing with these characters or what they're doing. Because honestly, I like the original Roman Reigns when he was in Florida Championship Wrestling. I don't even like. I'm like, why did they even put him in a jumpsuit and a body shield and all that other craziness? And they covered him up. I, I was upset with that. But again. I don't I don't know what the what they had planned for him. This is what they had planned for him and this is what they're going with. But like I said, as a fan, I just sit back and watch. I don't question. Um so that that'd be my my take on Roman Reigns as as 
what, what I think of it. I, I, hey, he's great for business. He has a great look. Um, contrary to belief, he can cut a promo. <laughs> it's just that we don't get to see it very often. Um, and when we do see it, it's it's kind of like, hey, go read this, and that's what it comes off as. Um, but when he was given organic time, like I said, if you really want to see a Roman Reigns, you have to go back and, and watch some stuff from Florida Championship Wrestling before he got called up and watch it because he he had his own identity, his own swag, his own uh, whatever you want to call it. He had it, and, and then when you get brought up, you know, things can change at a drop of a hat. And I've witnessed it on, on multiple occasions. One minute, you know, this person going over, and then, and then next, you know, that complete pan got scrapped, and this is happening now. You know, here's here's my thing. Here's my take with, with Roman is, you know, it's like you said, he's got the pedigree. He's got the lineage. You know, the man can work. The man can go. Absolutely. Um, I don't have any – I don't have any negative reaction to him. Um, I think that he's stuck in, I think he's stuck in purgatory as far as character development goes. Um, because they won't pull the trigger one way or another with the guy. And he gets a lot of, he gets a lot of flack from the IWC uh, because they feel like he's being shoved down their throats, which I could see it from both sides. But the man is a bona fide star, period. He could leave the business tomorrow and find another job in movies or, you know, he could take after his, his his cousin, you know, and, and be, you know, a Hollywood superstar if given the right direction. Um, And that's with anything, you know, I think anybody on that roster has the potential to be great, but Roman Reigns, like I said, he's stuck in, in character purgatory. And until I, I honestly think that they need to just let, the guy go like not and not not let him out of his country but just let him be more of himself you know uh and i think that that will really start to elevate you know him and get him out of that that plateau that he's hit that everybody's sick of seeing but again the same can be said for john cena everybody's oh john cena we're sick of seeing you you can't wrestle blah 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 this that a third and the sad part is john can actually wrestle yeah, you know, he can, and he can. Look at his old stuff. And, Look at his old stuff. The right, but, but nobody ever cool. sees that because because he doesn't need to do it because well he's like he comes back to being protected. All right, so he's got his five moves of doom as people call them. All right, but he's got longevity. He's going to be around what? for a very long time, just like Roman Reigns is going to be around for a very long time. That's why this you guys don't have to do. Well, like you brought up that five, that five move of doom thing. I I, <laughs> I, I, I kind of I was one of those guys at at first was like ah yeah he doesn't do very much blah 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 but then as I started to study more and get more into his character development and, and just learn more and having having a chance to sit down and talk with some of the greatest minds in in, in the sport. If we're portraying a fight, how many punches did Muhammad Ali throw? He, he didn't need a million punches. You know, Mike Tyson only needed one uppercut, and 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 you were in danger. You know what I'm saying? Like, he told tell have only five moves. I mean, how many moves do you really need to win a, a said match? Right. It, You're absolutely you know, that, right. I think that, I think this is where you know our um, you know wrestling as a whole has 
has started to lose its luster because we we got away from what worked. Like I said, Jake the Snake only needed one DDT. He didn't he didn't need a bunch of moves. He only needed one DDT. Macho Man only needed one elbow. Like why do we need? Why do we need ten super kicks in one match? And it's only the first I five minutes. I'm sorry, I say that. Ready to say <laughs> because Shawn Michaels only Shawn Michaels only needed one super kick. He didn't need fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can, can I? Can I? Can Here, I? Matt, you if you're listening, to shoot. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Can dude. I ask you guys who your favorite wrestler of all time is? Oh God. Oh man. That that's a loaded question, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, it really is. Um, My, mine's Carter Robinson. Look at this guy. Yeah, first first and foremost, I'm always my own favorite wrestler. Like I'm always right. my yeah, own favorite yeah. wrestler. But uh, growing up, I was a huge fan of Jimmy Snuka. As as a, as a kid, I was a huge fan of Jimmy Snuka. I was a huge fan of Great Muda. I, like he was my favorite bad guy growing up as a kid. Um, yeah, as I got love older, watching you go to the ring doing that gimmick. <laughs> as I, <laughs> jerk. As I got older, um, I started to appreciate other wrestlers like uh, Akenta Kabashi, uh, Jujin Liger, um, Nagata uh, from Japan. Um, it's it, it just like it just my 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 horizons got broadened as I got older. I started watching more Jerry Lynn, uh, uh, RVD, Sabu, like these. Josh. It was just nuts. But again, that's a Josh, little question. You're forgetting somebody. You, I, I can't it? believe you didn't drop him. William Regal, bro. Oh, I mean, dude, that goes without saying. Like I said, this is a loaded <laughs> question. Like, I, I could be sitting here naming wrestlers for days because I'm influenced by everyone. I'm influenced everyone, by everyone. Right, that's it. I would have to say, you know, for, for me as a kid, um, I, I guess we talk about which stage is a child because. You know, as a younger as a younger kid, I was I was really suckered in by JYD and and Warrior. Uh, but then as I got older, um, I, the one who really stood out to me uh, was Owen Hart. My son's named after him for a reason. Um, right. Owen Hart was one of those guys that, like, he never got he never got that push to the moon that he should have gotten, but he could do it all. Uh, and, and so falling in love with Owen Hart in my, you know, my, my preteen and teenage years, you know, that, that really geared me towards other guys, like you said, like Liger, like Jerry Lynn, uh, those guys. So, I mean, it's, it's one of those things that we could talk about this. We could have, you know, two more podcasts just on this topic alone when we talk about exactly. who's influenced us and why. Um, I think my greatest influence, though, would probably have to come from – uh, a lot of the Canadian guys, uh, Chris Jericho, Lance Storm, Owen Hart. Um, Bret Hart was his character was too whiny for me, so I didn't really get I didn't really get too much off of him. But um, definitely his little brother Owen was was a big part. <laughs> Jer- Jericho is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Right, yeah, for good reason. The guy's got longevity. He's going to be around for a very long time. You know, um, that's it. <laughs> That's one thing uh, about Jericho too is, is he's a guy that you've seen. He doesn't get injured that often. Like you never see Jericho out with injuries, you know. And he just—he's always he knows for, how to protect me, himself I, I, and who he's working with. For, for me, I love the story of DDP. You know, um, yep. 
30, 35 years old, I, I think, when he had his first match, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. It's somewhere around there, 35, 36, yeah. And thirty, and then um, became, you know, became like this superstar, and and almost had WCW on his back. It was him, Sting, and the NWO at the time. You know, um, I I don't I don't think anybody can ever match DDP story, and that's just my own opinion on that. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of guys that started late in the biz and, and got a big break. I mean, Batista was in his, his mid-30s when he got his big break. Uh, Titus O'Neil, who, you know, is is under contract now, who's over 35, you know. Uh, so there's guys. That is he really? Has it, but like you said, like you said, but star power-wise, like DDP was the man. Uh, you know, Batista was the man. Um, like I said, there's, there's a few guys out there that are, you know, up in age, but you can never tell because they don't work like it. You know what I'm saying? They don't, they don't carry themselves like it. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, DDP is definitely up there as one of the guys that, like you said, just very unique story. Was a manager for for many years. I think he did maybe 14, 15 years as a as a manager in wrestling before he decided to make the make the jump. Uh, Steve Carino, yeah. he's another one. Carino was another one who who got a late jump. I mean, he was managing from like age. 16 to to like maybe 30, and then he was like, okay, I, I want to try this wrestling bit. And then he started wrestling, and it was like, wow, this guy's really good. So they started pushing him, and, and he got pretty pretty big. And he was a man over in ECW. I was just watching some Carino stuff the other day um, and seeing how how he took a, a an old-school twist and made it new school in, a, in, a, in an audience that was like, that was not that was not ECW at all. You know what I'm saying? Like they did not want anything old school wrestling. Can I can I ask you guys one one final question? And uh, I I actually I want to predict your answer. Uh, favorite wrestling match of all time. Mine is uh, Hogan and Rock. And I bet you one of you guys, or if not both of you guys. Are gonna choose Macho Man versus George the Animal Steel? <laughs> That's a little far off for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, definitely, definitely a little out there. There's there's a bunch of favorite matches for me, but just a list. I'll give you a few that are in my top my top five wheelhouse. I got uh, I got Savage Liger, which I just posted on my personal Facebook Ooh. page earlier. Like that was yeah. an amazing match for me. Um, Benoit uh-huh. versus versus uh, Regal at the Pillman Classic was another match. Yeah. Was like oh, yes. Oh my goodness! Like it blew me. Yes. Away. And, and then, actually, uh, I'm gonna say Flair versus Flair versus Steamboat. Not not the Starcade ones. This was like a random TV match. And they they did a Broadway. It was Flair versus Steamboat. It is online somewhere. I I gotta find it again. But that match blew me away because uh, it wasn't it wasn't a it wasn't a pay per view match. You know what I'm saying? But it was it was a regular TV match, but it was pay per view quality, which you don't get nowadays anymore. Like I said, it's a microwave audience. It's got to be six minutes and done. Um, so for them to go out there and Broadway TV time limit to the end, broadcast, went off the air, we didn't have a winner. 
it it sucked me in even at at this day and age, even though that match happened almost twenty years ago. Right. Mm, favorite matches for me. God, that list is so long because I mean we could talk, we could talk Stampede, we could talk AWA, we could talk New Japan, All Japan. Fuck, man. Um, well, I'll go with I'll go with one of the one of the more recent matches that I've seen in recent years. Um, it would be that sixty minute Iron Man that. HBK and Cena did on Raw that had never been done before. That was one that I think will stand the test of time when it comes to television matches. Um, I would say (sighs) Brett versus Owen the first time. Not the one not the one in the cage. Um, the one in the cage was great. The one like a year before that, that was that was amazing. That that showed the world that Owen Hart wasn't just Bret Hart's little brother. Um, I would say well, I'm trying to think of a good tag team one. Um, <laughs> Anything with the Sons of Strong Style in it? Does that count? Yeah. <laughs> I, I I just want to point yeah. it. I just want to put it in that my favorite match was indeed Monster Man versus George Steele, followed with a close second by Harvey Whippleman versus Howard Finkel in the Tuxedo match. Um, thank you, thank you for calling in with your questions, caller. We appreciate it. That's fitting. You didn't, you didn't want to throw. You didn't want to throw Warrior Heenan out there with the weasel guy? <laughs> <laughs> well, I just, hey, let, let me just point out, let me just point out when they're talking favorite wrestlers, Josh was dropping all these names like Liger and, you know, all these amazing workers, and James comes back with fucking Junkyard Dog and Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> Listen, that was, like I said, it was a two-faced deal, bro. You got me. A, that's a, a loaded question. That's a loaded question, man. You got to give benefit of the doubt. That's a loaded question. Because, like, I could go on for days about wrestlers that I, like, to this day still watch. Like, it's ridiculous. That, that's kind of like someone asking, who's your favorite child? Which child do you like the most? Right. Like, you, yeah, which one of your kids do you like the most? Like, I, I really None can't of, answer no, that. No. I, I can answer the question. I can answer the question absolutely without a doubt. Fucking Owen is my favorite kid. <laughs> <laughs> He's the newest one. That doesn't count. No, no, like John, you don't understand, bro. This kid—he he still this has that new kid, kid smell to him. <laughs> hey, he's no, still new. Wait, wait till he starts talking and telling you about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> he's already trying to, bro. I tell you what, he's really cut his first promo on you. Ah, <laughs> oh, dude. I'm sure he's already doing it. Me and D. Buck, he's cutting promos on both of us left and right. He will sit there and he will just, he'll look at you. He'll scream at you for five seconds. He'll start shaking and he'll talk, 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 talk. And then, yeah, and walk off. Like, oh, really? Are you going to walk off camera like that? All right, cool. <laughs> he's, he's, he's mic dropping on you already. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, 
So, I mean, listen, I got to get this out there, like, right now, because if I don't, I'm going to fucking, like, lose my fucking mind. Um, oh, shit, he's coming out. Yeah, no, no, God, no. <laughs> guys, like you and, guys like you and Alan Boyer wish I would, though. I know it. But anyway. Um, <laughs> ah, oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can honestly say this. Josh, you and I have been, we have been quite a few places together. You know, we, we've done a lot of different things. We've done some really good things. We've done some really terrible things. Um, Carlisle, for example. Um, there are a list of promotions that could benefit so what so much from the little, the little nitpicky things like identity and, and promotion. And there are these promoters out there that – Shouldn't be anywhere near a fucking ring. They're pro- for for legal reasons. They shouldn't have their fucking promoter's license. Some because they don't. No, I know that. I, I've got one in the back of my mind right now, and I'm sure Jay Miller knows who I'm talking about. And I know Josh. If you thought long and hard about it, you'd know who I'm fucking talking about too. Motherfuckers shouldn't be anywhere near a ring or kid. The shows they put on are fucking atrocious and terrible and disrespectful. There's no reason in the world a seven-year-old should have to sit there and be subjected to the things that they're subjected to at these shows nowadays. And I look at it and I said, how the fuck are you consistently drawing 300 fucking people? And why in the fuck are these fucking sycophantic fucking parents, why do they keep bringing their kids to your show? I don't want my kid around any of that shit. At least until he's 15. You know? Why in the fuck do we keep dealing with these scumbaggy ass fucking com- companies that continuously run in one area, draw the same amount of people, draw the same people every month, and it's just supposed to be okay? Why does that happen to us? And then the the promotions that bust their ass to move around to try to have an identity to try to give a full-blown platform for us to have, they go out of business because of stupid fucking bullshit political reasons. Yeah, this, this, is, this is my theory on it. I don't know if this is the answer. I, I don't even know if there is an answer to that question. My theory on it is with there being... Well, there being so many people wrestling now, so there's so many wrestlers out there. My a God, promotion like, like like I said, a scumbag promotion like that can keep its legs uh, underneath them, and, and every so often they'll catch some some decent talent, and they'll do what they can to keep that talent there in their locker room to give their company some kind of uh, validity. What really needs to happen, and I had this conversation with Brodus Clay or Tyrus, whatever you know, whatever you want to, whatever you know him by. I had the same conversation with him. Uh, what needs to happen is, is workers need to stand up and not work for these promotions, and then then won't. that's when. But that's the thing; they won't. Like I said, everybody's out to to get their own. Like I said, everybody's trying to build their own thing. Again, this is just my theory, and this is just a, a hypothetical solution to it. 
if all workers would just band together and only work for said promoters that are pushing the platform and that are trying to build a brand and build a company to, to for you to launch yourself off of, that will only stop the bleeding. What have, what has to happen after that is that all these rogue promotions, they need to be completely shut down and ran out of town. Um, I've witnessed this when I first broke in. Uh, for, uh, when I first broke in, um, I'm not, not ashamed to say that I jumped in a van with a car full of workers from a promotion. We drove to uh, said rogue setup, and we hijacked their show. So not a match went on. Not not a person in the locker room was able to go out there and and uh, harm the business, so to speak, because there was a, a ring full of legitimate workers and and legitimate tough guys. Like these aren't just on paper. This guy's tough. It was these are some workers. These are some old school shooters. These are some old school hookers. These are some old school just all around bad bad dudes that just took over your ring and was like, look. You're not going to run a show here. You're not going to burn this building. You're not going to uh, disrespect what we do by doing your own thing. So until that day happens where we can all just kind of band together and and get rid of the BS and go back to business, it'll it'll never happen. Uh, And I think the only reason that it won't happen is, again, people aren't willing to band together for the common good of the of, of wrestling, so that's why I say it goes back to my my theory of you, you want me to defend indie wrestling or you want me to to defend you know this, but none of you are willing to stand up and do it. Right. So you you put your little t-shirts out there, you get your little stickers out there, and and you put your little turnbuckle tattoos and all that other crazy. <laughs> Not one of those guys will, will ever oh, stand God. up. They will never stand up and and finally defend it the way it needs to be defended. That's why I say I will defend pro wrestling to the day I die. I I will fight for pro wrestling companies. Pro wrestling companies are what you should be a part of, and that's that's why I'm saying I have to sever tie. Like that's why I don't work a full schedule like I used to because I, I started noticing this years ago. I was just pouring myself out to these companies that had no vision, no direction. And 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 it was a waste of my body to be a part of this indie world. I'm like, look, like, man, okay. I, I let's look at let's look at that company we worked for. You were talking about that fatal four way match we did, that tag match, right? How many times did we suggest to the the, the owner of that place? That hey, you should shut the rest of these lights off and use that one light above the ring. Sparkle up the glo- sparkle up the entranceway. Give yourself a little bit of an identity. How many times have we said that to that motherfucker? And it never took hold. Never took hold. Never took hold until he brought in said fucking Booker, quote unquote, that did absolutely nothing in the business but job for WWE for a year. Why is it that when Guys like us say it, it doesn't mean a fucking thing. But if somebody else who has a little bit of internet presence says it, the exact same thing that we said 
it makes it better. There's more stock in it. Hey man, why 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 does the butcher cut the ass in off of a cow? I don't know. Like <laughs> again, this is all theory, man. It is all theory. Like it, it you can I, I I've noticed like a, to offer up advice to promoters, it, it's it's one in one ear, one out the other. Um, yep. And it, it may come it may come back to them later on. Uh, like I was saying with with uh, Maximum Assault Wrestling. I've given I've given this guy a million ideas to do with his company, and just now he's starting to he's starting to turn the corner on it. Oh, sorry, I'm getting I'm getting sideways fucking Facebook messages from from fucking D, and it's fucking hilarious. And by the way, Josh, she told me to tell you you sound like you got a mouthful of shit. Thank you, D. You're awesome, little jerk. <laughs> Go wreck a four or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Anyway, all right. So look, I've been on here for fucking ever. Yeah, it, this thing's almost over. Anyway, I've got an army of. Ch- I got a whole battalion of kids in here. I got to put to bed. Um, yeah, starting starting five and some bench players. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, oh, she lost her headphone. Oh, anyway, um, it was it was fun pulling the curtain back and just being two guys talking shit for a fucking hour and a half. Three guys. Well, or is it two guys? There's a three. It's, it's pretty anyway. much been two guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jamie. Yeah, dude, you know you haven't said much at all, which is which is oh. weird because you usually have a lot of shit to say. Like <laughs> you are the resident I've shit got- talker and. I have no clue what you're talking about. No, not at all. <laughs> hey, no, I, the last time I had you on the show, Bill Bill Sherry friended me on Facebook. So, you know, I, got, I guess I got to watch what I say. He unfriended me on Facebook, so I guess I got to watch what I say when I have you on. Wait, no, Sherry unfriended you? Yeah, I just found out today. I was like, oh, look, I'm not friends with him anymore. Oh, okay. Oh, man, look at that. He's thinking this one got the rub. Right, well, right. Look, fucking and James talked about we get him all the heat. Look, he fucking got me unfriended by Bill Sherry. Damn it! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, to be fair, Bill <laughs> hasn't talked to me much lately either. I don't know why. I think I, I think I made him mad. Either that or he's just pissed at me because I didn't kick that fucking cancer out of his kidney. I don't know. God. You know, I kicked a new. <laughs> You should probably probably kick their booker after last night's show. Um, Uh, I don't know. I've heard things. I've seen things. I don't know what's what, when, where with that place. I won't know anything until, A, I either talk to Bill or I show up there in April. Either way, we'll figure out what's what. I know what I'm supposed to be doing when I go back there, and that's it. Like, just – I'm not saying just let me do what I do, you know, point me in the direction you want me to go and we'll get you there. You know, that's, that's the way Josh and I have always been. I, I, I credit that to, I credit that to Carter Robinson. So there you go. Thank you, Carter. There you go. There you go, kid. <laughs> I, I think, I think more promoters should work like that. I mean, I, I made a thing on Facebook about that the other day where 
I'm just kind of here to give you guys the platform to do what you do best and sit back and enjoy. Right, and that's it. Um, and uh, you got to leave it up to your workers. You know, you you have your you have you see your goal. You have your goal written down what you want to have happen, but let them tell the story. Let them do it. You know, and that did really good with that. I think I did really good with that. I've heard a lot of great things about the stuff that I did last summer. The feedback just from last week's video with Josh alone has been fucking tremendous. Even my follower count has like increased like eight times because I was only at, like 200 and something followers before that. Now I'm at like 1100. I mean, I know it's not a lot of people, but it's a big deal. Like if that video, those videos did that, I, I credit that to the creativity that Josh and I have because that's what, this is what we do. And there's no direction to go, but up. And by letting guys do that, not only will they elevate themselves, but they'll elevate your product. And that's it. With that, uh, Josh, I fucking love you and I hate you all at the same time because you went to see Power Rangers and you're a cocksucker. Um, <laughs> Jay, Jay, uh, yeah, I'm just going to leave the cocksucker line alone for you. Uh, <laughs> oh, c- come on. Oh. <laughs> uh, I, love, I love both of you guys. Thank you for another entertaining. And I will, yeah, Josh, hit me up later. Well, thanks for coming on. I guess I won't hit you up later. What the hell? Well, that was uh, James Dean, son of strong style himself. Mr. Let's Us Bring yeah. in the Controversy. It's funny because it's funny because it's, it's funny because uh, up to the day show, I'm like, oh, I have all this stuff I'm going to say about fuck UXWA, fuck, you know, Jeff. Sharp, whatever his name is, and James the whole time's like, "Well, I'm not gonna say anything bad. I'm just gonna tell my side of the story. I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not gonna say like, oh, what the hell?" Well, this is the thing, man. Like, I'm not in, I'm not in it to bash anybody because then I would be a complete hypocrite. Uh, I will give my opinions on what they did wrong. I do see what they're doing right, um, and, and I hope they turn the corner and see and see that they they are still in the driver's seat to where they could fix these issues that they're having. Um, like I said, just just from me being there over the past year when I took over as champion there, I saw them on the right path. They were cleaning up the locker room. They were getting some better talent in. Uh, they were telling some decent stories. Their crowd was – their numbers were getting a little higher. They were more entertaining um, from what I saw when I first walked through the doors until, and, until you know, this final show. Yeah, they got the numbers in. They got the crowd in, but then they got away from who they were. Uh, and with with each show going on, I can see that they're getting farther and farther away from who they were. Um, and who they were was building a homegrown company. Like I said, they were they were turning the corner to being a pro wrestling company and not just another indie. Um, but again, they go with what's what's popular. And when you just when you when you go with the microwave, what's popular. It, it may not always be a fit for, you know, what you have. Um, so, like I said, hopefully, you know, they do turn a corner and something great happens there. Um, but, again, for for my character, uh, that that's no longer a fit. So. You got it. I mean, and that, that's one thing, a uh, question I have for you, because you had been with them for a long time, uh, you know, well, 
a little while. Um, so when you found yourself being, you know, just kind of thrown into a match, you know, where you weren't even supposed to be in, they just kind of, you needed a spot, threw you in there. Did you feel a little bit disrespected by that? Being that you, I mean, you was no. the champion not that long ago. No, don't like I said. I don't feel disrespected. I don't feel like like it was a, any kind of a slight towards me. I, I, at least I don't. I don't. I hope it wasn't. Um, especially not from those two guys, because again, like uh, Jeff and Chris, they always been awesome with me. I've been straightforward with them. Um, so I don't feel like there was like an ill will kind of thing. I just think it was a mismanagement of the booking. Um, but when it comes down to it, like I said, I go out there, I perform, I do what I'm told to do, or I do what you know I'm supposed to do, and I, I get the story across as best as I can. The defining factor for me is when I'm leaving the venue, and I have a number of fans walk up to me and ask me why I was put in that match, and they go, why was I subjected to being um, thrown into... Uh, a situation that they know that I'm better than. I, I don't have the answers to those questions, and I've been answering that question for like majority of my my career. And when I hear that question, that's when I know I'm not supposed to be wrestling at that company um, because if they if the fans see me as at, at a higher level, but then they see the matches I'm put in aren't at a higher level, I don't know how to respond to that. I don't have an answer for that. I used to make excuses for it, like, oh, you know, they're building this guy or they're doing this or they're doing that. I, I don't have an excuse for it anymore because they're 100% right. Why am I put in matches that don't showcase my talent or showcase my skill set? Because they'll get to see it. If they're a true fan of mine, they'll get to see it when I do other events or other venues or other matches or things like that. But then when I come to something that's close to home that they can see on a consistent basis and they can see live and not on tape or not on video and and they wonder why, I no longer have the answer for them. So I, I, I'll just remove myself from the situation and go, hey, unfortunately, uh, you know, I, I don't know why. I don't know why I was put in a match that did not showcase my ability. I do not know why I was put in a match with, uh, talent that was below my level other than to try to help develop them. Um, and if that's the case, I do not want to try to develop uh, guys in, in a in, in a one-off match like that. You don't develop talent that way. You give them a story to tell, and you develop them that way. You know, um, Case in point, when I, when I dropped the UXWA title to, to Brian Carson, um, I had short time to tell a story to help this kid kind of launch himself as the next champion there. And, and then they had a little backstory after to, to build him up even more. And it worked. It, it was, I was able to do a one-off of Brian Carson to, to elevate his stock because they had a backstory to him. So his, his reason even being the, the next guy in line was, you know, he fought through a battle Royal. He, He's he's stepping in the ring with at the time the baddest dude in UXWA. He had a bad attitude. He wasn't a wrestler. He just fight people. He would just hurt people. He didn't want to. He didn't want to do business. Was the story that was being told. And for this kid to come from an underdog state to actually knock off this this violent champion, uh, it, it it put him on a, a certain level with those fans. And then for the story to play out where he was instantly attacked for that. You know, it it kind of gave him a little bit more of a headway than him just coming in, winning the title, and then going 
on to do whatever the next story was for him. So when I saw that, I was like, okay, they're kind of building the story. So I was like, hey, there's other guys here that I would like to do the same thing with. Um, and then it was a one-off with this guy. And then the next match comes up, and it was like, oh, uh, okay, here's this four-way. I'm like, okay, that's kind of sidetracking from what I was looking to do here. So it was never about titles. It was never about, um, I don't know, like main event status. It was it was about working with the group of guys that they had and helping develop your talent. And by doing that, developing new talent, I was able to launch, uh, you know, and get get a, a character out there. Since that's not the the focal point anymore, the focal point was just random matches. I can't do random matches anymore, not at this point in my career. I, I won't do it. That makes sense. And, uh, we got about a minute left. Uh, we're going to wrap up. One thing I did want to touch on uh, before we leave is I just want to say uh, the thought, the thoughts and prayers go to Jim Ross, who just lost his wife this week, uh, Jan. Uh, you know, I was <clears throat> lucky enough to meet both of them last year in Vegas. Uh, she seemed really, you know, like, sweet lady we didn't talk that much but she seemed really sweet so i just want to say our thoughts and prayers are going out to jim ross right now as he deals with the grieving process there um before we cut out we got about 30 seconds left you have anything left to say josh oh that's social media geekfighter underscore 84 on all platforms carter robinson on facebook and don't forget to check out us on facebook as well at the shooting range uh next sunday is wrestlemania sunday uh, so, obviously, we won't be doing the podcast at our regular time. Uh, just keep looking on Facebook. Keep looking here on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, we'll let you know when next week's episode will be airing, if there will be an episode next week. Still got to figure that out. Uh, for everyone that listened, thank you for listening tonight. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, James, as well, for being on the show. Uh, thank you uh, both, and we'll talk to you guys later. <laughs>